what is going on everybody welcome to your favorite late night friday late night hash slash growing slash cannabis slash will you name it podcast welcome to the variables podcast tonight we have someone you guys probably haven't seen a heck of a lot unless you've been paying attention to my channel we've got nv closet med grower um, what four-time freaking cup winner, consultant, uh, growing consultant, uh, um, the GrowTube, one of the GrowTube original members. That was one of the big reasons we wanted yep. to have him on. And uh, I, I think you guys know him fairly well enough that we can just say welcome. Envy, how the hell are you? I'm welcome, doing man. well. Hello, Superior Buds, Pedro. It's a pleasure to be here to see everybody. And uh, hello, everyone out there listening, whether it's on the podcast or with us live here on YouTube, Twitch, and all the other various streams. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Good to have Great you here. Great to have you. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's a reason why I asked you to be on, of course, you know, because everybody knows you from the round table and, and the cups. Yeah. And, and yeah you've we, been around uh, the industry for a while. Yeah, yeah, I can give you at least a, a short short background list so people yeah, that I'll take don't know, me know, uh, know where I came from. So I started, uh, honestly, we'll start with YouTube, right? I was a closet grower, an indoor grower, and I wanted to make a YouTube channel. I did to show off some plants I wanted to, and uh, I ended up getting fairly viral from teaching home growers on YouTube quite a few years ago, nine years ago now, something like that. That content went viral, taught a lot of people throughout that time. I started entering cups and getting better and better with my grow methodology, won four different awards in Las Vegas, um, including two different Jack Harrow cups. After that, I went on to manage hydro stores while I was still growing and then manage actual grow facilities. And I've managed two different grow facilities, both for regular cannabis and CBD hemp, but grown as high quality flower production. And uh, currently I'm working in a grow facility and I'm actually on my way out of there to work for a nonprofit in a uh, it's kind of a longer story, but yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I uh, I grow things, and I've been growing things for a long time, and I really enjoy cannabis. So. And, and you're good at it. I that's what and, people tell me. Yeah, well, and, and you're willing to share. So you that's some yeah. decent weed, I would say. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, and that's a big part of how my YouTube ever got popular in the first place was because I was so willing to share, um, whether it was answering people's comments or making direct video replies mm -hmm. to people's comments. And then as I got better and learned more botany and self-taught myself a lot, and eventually I went to school and have a vocational degree in uh, horticulture for greenhouse management as well. But, you know, as I got better at it, I also did some various productions actually teaching. Like when I was working at the grow stores, I had recorded some of the uh, um, grow talks and different things I did at the store and, and put those on my YouTube channel. And that also recorded a lot of different um, tutorials on my YouTube channel, like how to process bubble hash and the original how to grow series that had millions of views. And all sorts of things. So, you know, teaching and educating people about cannabis and horticulture is is really one of the things I found that give me the most joy in this community and uh, in my interactions with both people and plants. So, yeah, kind of where we all stemmed from, I would say, mostly. 
at least the most of us in the round table grow to. Sorry, I got dab tool stuck in my arm over here. Hey, that's fine. I, I broke my favorite dab tool earlier today. I was very upset about it. Oh, Ooh. no, that sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah, so now I'm back to my old school metal skillet tool. I've had this uh, one for I a can, lot of years. I can hook you up with my buddy from Warlock Tools. We can get you going. <laughs> I'm sure you can. You always got so much beautiful glass. Too much. Absolutely. And we, speaking of that. Yep. It's not about me tonight. It's about NV, but we're in the fucking studio. I have the studio set up. We got the glass cabinet set up. We got the turp fridge set up. We've got a bunch of space behind us to set a bunch more stuff up, and we'll see where this goes from here. But we are here officially, you guys. Took me a minute, but we're here. Awesome. The new desk. Got the new angles. <laughs> yeah. You can finally get comfortable. A little less anxiety. Over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A little sparkling lemonade. Oh, cheers. Cheers. So learning. That's where you came in. Um, let's just jump to recent. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, right now, I'm actually out in Las Vegas right now for a, for a short while. I, about three, three and a half years, I moved to Colorado. And then I took a job in East Tennessee. And I was managing a facility in East Tennessee for a while. And then after that, I uh, went back to Colorado and then qualified for a mortgage to buy a rather nice house out here in Las Vegas. So back living out in Las Vegas again, Las Vegas, Nevada. So when I got out here, I just took the first thing I could to help pay for some of this mortgage and uh, took, a, took a job at a facility, just working in the mother room, taking care of mother plants, being modest about it. And then uh, I actually, this, this is what's exciting for me. And I just signed just the other day with a company out here. It's a nonprofit organization called Green Our Planet. And what they do is, and what I will be doing is we go around to high schools and middle schools and elementary schools and set up farms, set up fruit tree orchards. And my specific job is through a side company of theirs called Hydro Health. And I take care of hydroponic units, growing hydroponic vegetables for these different community organizations. Now, I want to say they have like seven different schools set up through Hydro Health and then a few different, like two of the casinos or something that wanted it for some of their vegetables for their thing. So that's I, really uh, awesome. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm actually started starting a new job here at the start of March, um, you know, and uh, I'm kind of excited about it. You get, to, you get to mix your passions. You get, I do. It's a little hydro, bit of education. It's a little bit of growing. It's a little bit of community involvement and engagement in a positive fashion. You know, it's just something I can be proud of, still make a decent living at and be able to improve the world while I'm doing it. So That's even though it's not thing. directly related to cannabis, it's still, you know, it's something that'll keep me happy and keep me going. For now sure, I just sure. got to convince my wife to let me get a home grow back going in this new house. So oh, of course <laughs> she will. She I'm sure you right now. I'm sure I know she doesn't watch this and she's not home right now. So we can talk about this. Yeah. She gets home. We got to switch. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I'm about to need that backyard to shed the... with a couple of AC units, huh? Yeah, no, I, I got most of my grow equipment out of Colorado, though. I'm just trying to find a way I can sneak it in here without her getting mad at me. Yeah, I've been so... seeing you go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> 
it's a fun situation. My trip back and forth, I happened to drive literally right by Pedro's house. <laughs> like, so yeah, same probably highway. So within uh, within two miles. Back. Yeah, last time I went to Colorado and back, I made sure to stop by and see Pedro. Speaking of which, I think it's time for a dab for me too. And you guys mm. know what I'm smoking on. Some of the best rosin on the planet right here. This is what I got left of some critical kush that I may or may not have gotten from Pedro while I was in Colorado. So. <laughs> I think you may have. Those road <laughs> trips yeah. are real productive. They are. They are. are. Man, just get to hang with some people. This guy, I had to drive and no one tell the police I may have gotten right on the road. But last time I rolled through, <laughs> he goes and drops a grammar on there while we're taking a short video. <laughs> had me wrecked dude you know I he was doing for, <laughs> he was doing laps up, in the living room <laughs> i was i was high as shit <laughs> i ended up driving for two and a half hours straight got up into the middle of the mountains man and crashed oh. fucking pulled over and fucking damn near took a nap i just like i got a road sleep like, yeah i was fucking zooming for like two three hours and then just i was done i don't remember i don't even remember what we smoked that night actually I do remember we I was I wanted to take the opportunity to do a big dab, you know, at least for the, yeah. the IG and commemorate the moment, you know. What we I'm saying? did. And we, yeah, we took a big one. We took a damn big one, actually. But so what else? What I don't want to I don't want to blow you up with when you're taking your dab over there. So I guess you still got a second to get going. Yeah, I still gotta heat up this rig. Uh, I'm gonna put me on mute real quick while I heat up this rig, so you don't All have right. to listen to the right, <laughs> But uh, yeah, find something to talk about, fellas. <laughs> well, well, that means that I gotta fucking shoot from the hip over here. That's fucking fun. What's ever? Let's go. Let's just do this. What is everybody else smoking on this evening? And I gotta get some some butin in my torch until I get one of those one of those setups from. Uh, well, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna do a Dino? Are we gonna do a TSV? I don't know. We'll see. We're definitely gonna get low here, but which which that over there? This is what do you got over there? Our Pebbles Cold Cure. I've got some uh, Tropicana Banana over here. That the camera it never wants. Oh, there it is. There you go. That's a good focus. Num num num. That looks yummy. That looked good. It was. It is pretty good actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably hurt this jar a little bit this evening. But what is chat smoking on out there? And then I'll give I'll give Envy a second to think about this while he's while he's dropping that one in there. Um, oh, we could go straight on there the you question. Go. We could go straight on to the question. Let's give him a second to think about it. Ooh. Give him a second to think about it. Envy, and you can think about it. You can cough and whatnot. But define hash. What is hash? What is it to you? What is hash okay. to you? There we go. Sorry. Okay. What is hash to you? I was semi-prepared for this because I had listened to your last few podcasts. I think it's gonna those. become a thing where people are gonna you're gonna start preparing. Yeah. All right. Um now in my opinion, I look at hash as the mechanical separation of trichomes. That's okay. what I look at as hash. So that could be even so, as far as I'm concerned, cherus is a form of live hash off of a live plant. Um, finger hash from rubbing the plant, that is a form of hash. As far as I'm concerned, dry sift is a form of hash. 
yeah. even keef to a point is a form of hash. It's a mechanical separation. Okay. Water hash. I, I like is the a term. Form of hash. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a defining term for sure. Yeah, that's the yeah. first time we've heard someone define it that way. I like I like yeah. that. Yeah. That yeah. So so rosin is specifically a heat and pressure separation, and that's mechanical as well. So even though my brain personally thinks more of a traditional hash, like a water mm -hmm. hash or a dry sift hash, when I think of the term hash, I do consider rosin a form of hash as well. Just, you know, kind of like a cousin of regular hash, mm -hmm. but still in that family. You know well, what I mean? But I'm, I still think of that as hash. Now, well, chemical separation, okay, there we chemical go. separation, I do not think of as hash. My brain does not process that as hash i know normally people just generally use term hash as a broader term and they a lot of people nowadays do refer to bho products as hash i don't i refer to those as a different class of concentrate hash and bho are both concentrates but hash is a mechanical separation okay Man, that's what, the way where's, where's for groly for these yeah. <laughs> that's the only one where somebody's actually said something like that so that's it's it's comical that for girlies not in the chat. We'll have, to ear, we'll have to earmark that for a little bit yeah later. we'll have to when he comes in he'll be yeah. here we'll i would like here. to hear his thoughts on that too man i can't wait to see for too you know i've known for and pedro for quite a few years now man so it's always good to be able to reconnect with you guys yeah and it's to a, a pleasure to meet you superior buds yeah I, you I, as I well got man to know you very much so yeah I, I've been around for a long time as well. I, I was around in the grow tube days, just not on the show, just hanging out, chatting with everybody, then hanging out with Pedro after the fact. <laughs> I would always hop over to the Twitch streams. So while but, I while I rip up and rage my nuts my next dab here, Envy, uh, yeah. what's your preferred, I'll just, I'm going to open this broadly. What's mm -hmm. your preferred method of consumption? um with my lungs yeah so any and, any form and lots of cannabis usually a mixture of that something with cannabis in my lungs no i honestly man to this day i still don't necessarily have a preferred i kind of like all on a daily basis i find myself take smoking out of my dab rig and my spoon pipes the most, but I also really enjoy bong rips. I really enjoy blunts once in a while. I enjoy joints too. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I, I enjoy smoking. I, all of no, me. there's definitely not a not a wrong answer yeah. there. I, and I really don't have a favorite. I would say I. I dab most often. I really like the flavor of concentrates, being able to get that instant impact of terpene flavor um, from dabs. So maybe that's my favorite, but I I really don't know. I can't. It's hard to say one's my favorite over the other because I really enjoy them all, and I enjoy having multiple forms of consumption in my life. So. Could I give you any of those uh, rosin caps while you were through? No, you would probably kill me with them. I'd still eat it though. So I, I probably offered, <laughs> you probably said something similar to that. 
No, no, you actually, I don't remember you offering, but because uh, if you would have offered, I would have taken some. I wouldn't have ate them on the spot knowing I had to drive a lot further, but <laughs> I would have taken some for yeah, later. Really good idea. Because honest, I'll tell you honestly, I have a pretty decent, decently high tolerance for edibles, but not crazy. Some of the, you know, really crazy, you know, 500 milligram plus doses, that shit will wreck me. These but, pills uh, are probably in the three I don't feel most edibles until they're between 50 and 100 milligrams. Once I get 100 milligrams and above, I can at least feel it though, so... I would say I'm like a medium to high tolerance on edibles, but not insane. I know some people that will just take a gram rosin in the morning and keep going. And I don't know how they fucking work. I don't know anybody <laughs> like that. I don't know anybody like that. Right. I'm like, this when dude. are you through the next time? Cause I need to get you some of those rosin caps on. God damn it. Um, I don't hundred percent know within the next uh, month or two though. I do got to go back out to my house in Colorado. I still got the house up there. Cool, so, cool. We'll I, I kind of want to pick. I want to get out there and fix up my kitchen a little bit, and then rent it out. So, that's to me, it's like. Goal. To me, it's like when. That was a big one. When uh, when I get connected with like a new person. The enjoyment of trying to get them fucked up goes is drastically lower. Yeah, but when I'm with somebody that I know has been there and can handle it. Then I just want to throw a grand dab in their fucking bangers. You're like, let's go. Yeah, see what that. happens. Yeah. And I'll do that all day. I, I actually really like big dabs. Like, like you've seen, he walked right in. It's like, hey, let's do a big damn on camera. I was, fuck yeah, let's do yeah, it. He was all for it, dude. There was no <laughs> twisting at all. Throw there. a grammar on there. But uh, yeah, rosin caps, <clears throat> edibles in, in, hit a little differently i don't know the entire science on it and the medical science i kind of lean away from i know a little bit about it but it's not where i focus but uh i know there's some science as to why edibles get into your system differently and affect you slight differently and if i take massive amounts of a rosin cap like i said that that'll put me in and out of a coma as opposed to taking a gram dab of and ingesting sure. the same amount through my lungs just i can tolerate usually, that a lot easier usually so. the edible lasts a lot fucking longer too and then for some fucking stupid reason intensifies the consumption when you when you do like inhale it yeah but we're finding out <clears throat> just a little sneak peek into pedro's r d we're finding out that of course, we know that we can separate and isolate terpenes um, via the mechanical separation that we do, to turning it, things into rosin. Um, but we're, what we're finding with those terpenes is that, you know, once we've isolated them, the range of, possi the range of possibilities, the variables increase mm -hmm. dr dramatically, you know, because you can put them in two things and you have to be careful obviously when you go from the from the medical to the recreational market but you can you can indicate that certain terpenes do certain things and try to educate and then when you consume them and that's where i start that's where i think we we start crossing the line into they do different things to different people cool. you know i i got a good idea i would really like to uh I don't know if you can do this at your job, but I would really be curious about this, right? So there's this uh, 
from my understanding, right, there's different size molecules of terpenes that we kind of distinguish based on their structure, right? So there's monoterpenes and biterpenes mm -hmm. and then sequester terpenes, which are bigger molecules. From my understanding, when you mix certain terpenes together over time, they can mix together and combine and create small amounts of sequester terpenes and larger molecule terpenes. Mm -hmm. If you get some of these isolated terpenes, is there any way you could take, like, say, some of the strains you guys grow, look at those terpene reports, figure out what percentage-wise of the total amount of terpenes the top five terpenes are, right? Mix that back up with isolated terpenes, then let it age in a regular uh, storage condition, say 60, 65 degrees. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're 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 at like the, thirty we're, days, and then ninety days, and then six months. Yeah, and see if any new terpene compounds are created within that vial. We are we are able how, to do. Just, it would yeah, make no, me really curious. Yeah, we're able to do that right now. Um, what was very interesting to me um, was that the the terpenes that we that we seem to that, that we did isolate. Um, two in uh, in particular uh, it, it, let's for this for this one obviously 100% sample um one of them was 44% one of them was 45% and they were myrcene and limonene and they're hmm. both monoterpenes that we yeah. isolated the problem and so we have done everything that you said up to the aging and retesting um the the only problem that we're running into right now is just making sure that that there's zero water content before we proceed gotcha. you know so and it's a delicate process as we as i'm we sure it through. is you man know. terpenes are volatile as hell it's mm -hmm. not gonna be easy to isolate them and that's why i was relatively surprised um via the method of of collection i'm not necessarily but i was relatively surprised um that the two terpenes were monoterpenes you know, but the flower that we, the the hash that we um, tested it from, um, it it all made sense. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that that's interesting though. If if that explains like what's going on during a long cure, uh, yeah. If that's it, how we're, you know, we always talk about it changes, but we never really talk yeah. about. I, well, in fact, I don't want to uh, misquote the the late Frenchie there, but if I remember right, he had an old talk talking about this, and there's actually a terpene that's prevalent within hash that's not found in most anywhere else in nature, called, and right. they call it hashinine, oh, and God. it's from aging hash, and it's been found within like temple ball hash and things mm -hmm. like that. And I've always been wondering if that interaction, this is part of why I'm wondering this, by the way. I've always yeah, wondered cool if the interaction within yeah, sure. a temple ball aging with cannabinoids and other compounds that are within the trichome heads, right? I wonder if those also affect the how those terpenes progress and change or if it's only the terpenes themselves. Right. Sure. By isolating it only with the terpenes, <laughs> we'd be able to get half that equation. You now. reduce the variables. There and, you go. And, and overall, the variable that is already, that is reduced at this point in time 
is federal legalization and enabling all of us to be able to do this R&D on ourselves. Mm-hmm. For, for the people that have the, the cash mm-hmm. and the funding and, and, and the ability and the love and drive to actually be able to, to legally do the R&D that deserves to be yeah. done. Like yeah, like, yeah, I'm walking down that road, but am I, am I the guy? And if I am the guy, there's got to be more than me. It can't, you know, we've got to follow this up with more information, more education. You know, it can't be just one person. Well, you know? of course not. We eventually need to get it to where research labs and universities can have mm-hmm. doctorate students and, and doctorate uh, instructors working on these in labs that can isolate this much more than whatever you know the company you work for can afford to put right. in you're, you're seeing a lot no. more of that now you're starting to see thesis yeah doctorate thesis that are, are based around cannabis and you know that didn't happen 10 years ago so no in, in fact while i was in tennessee running the uh um cbd facility out there we were running high grade cbd flower growing it just like we would high grade indoor flower for thc market but with cbd strains uh, so they were, you know, 50 state compliant. In fact, some of it we even sold into Europe, got shipped to London and distributed out. So crazy. I grew, some, I grew weed that got shipped to fucking Europe. That's pretty right. Yeah. But either case, they uh, we had the University of Tennessee actually come out and look at our facilities, some directors and some. Uh, horticulture professors and a biofuels professor out in University of Tennessee came out and looked at our facility and, and toured it and talked to us a few different times. And I don't think anything ever finalized or came up over it, but we were talking about in the long run possibly doing some sort of interactions with the university and the university students coming out to the farm. So, but again, I don't work there anymore. So I, don't know if anything ever came up of it, but it was pretty interesting to be able to talk to these deans and doctors from the university yeah, and have them interested in what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can really see. <clears throat> I never thought 20, 25 years ago that I would see legalization, let alone nationwide, if, if that's where no. we're headed. You know, I never expected to be able to walk into a store and buy weed. Fuck no, dude. Not when you go back to the first time you smoked weed and you're driving around. Yeah, it's no, none of us fucking saw. I mean, we all wanted it. We all wanted it, but none of us fucking really thought it was. Man, that's the only shit I'd ever get in trouble for, man. I've done counting time over weed. I was never violent, never causing any problems, never really doing anything to hurt the community, but I had that goddamn weeds. Yep. Yeah, I got I got a good weed charge dropped because I j- was joining the Marines, and so they were like, "Look, you can you know ninety days in jail, or he can do ninety days in Marine Corps boot camp." Yeah, dismissed. Let him go do the boot camp. <laughs> I've always been a very good. Uh... What word do you want to use? I don't want to use running runner, but uh, avoider. Yeah, that's a good word. I've been a good avoider over the years. Let's just say, which has been fun. Yeah, I was just always smart. I mean, I I've grown in a lot of different states where I should not have grown. I look back of, at it now, and it's like, man. yeah, all of my new educational stuff is is you know is is all on the up and up. But man, we're talking back when we're 16, 17, 18, when we really didn't like we said. 
when we really didn't think it was going to be, you know, no. all of us just running around and seeing all the brick weed that we've all talked about, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, I got stories of the brick. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, was in, I was in Texas in the late 90s. Brick weed was the norm. Let's yeah. go. Hey, let's go to the... Uh, there's got to be some side of it that I haven't heard from you. Let's go to the roach fucking rosin. Oh, what oh, you want to hear the roach rosin story? Fuck. Yes, let everybody know. Last week okay. we, we heard about blunt rosin, so yeah, we heard about blunt rosin yeah. from Adam oh, L. Last week, yeah, in yeah. fact, I was, I was listening to your show last week and I heard that segment too. First of all, shout out to Adam L. That's a great fucking idea. I kind of want to try it now. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh roach I'm rosin no. try it, roach rosin it. isn't something you do to try to get an extra kick or try to hey for girlie what's up buddy Cheers, oh my I'm not gonna God. Add roach going. rosin isn't a good thing roach rosin wasn't a good thing all right what it was <laughs> is because i i obviously um you know, middle-aged and I grew up in prohibition times, I got used to, you know, saving my roaches and being broke and things like that. So <laughs> even after I started growing for a few years, I still used to keep my roaches. And then I used to never run out of weed. So I used to just keep getting more and more roaches. Well, I eventually turned around and looked at my shelf and there was three jars, two ashtrays and another container full of roaches sitting there. And I had this rosin press I had just got, right? <laughs> the rosin press story is a whole different story. Uh, anyone OG back in the day knows, shout out to Dirty Bongwater. He's from Michigan, too. Um, got mine at the but, same time as you got yours, man. <laughs> yeah, Dirty Bongwater, man. Yeah. He, uh, he was a cool guy. But uh, either case, he's still around somewhere. I hadn't talked to him in some years, so. But he long story short he had the rosin press couldn't really use it and it was semi-broke he sent it to me i put a big ass pipe wrench on it and i've been using it ever since it's like a mechanical <laughs> screw crank one <laughs> i put a fucking 12 inch pipe wrench on it that's my handle but uh i bet i still got that bitch it's in the garage um still works too so so I decided I got all these roaches, right? And I uh, I wanted to see what would happen if I'd press them. And I'd never seen anyone do it before. This is seven, eight, nine years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And uh, I decided to make a comical YouTube video about it too. So I re recorded the whole process, made a you know somewhat like satire comedy video fucking joking around not only showing the process but also cracking jokes and fucking around through the thing and uh yeah it was fucking horrible some of the worst goddamn tasting rosin i had ever made in my life it was because some of those roaches were like two years old and shit it just i took out well, random roaches. roach joints alone were never pleasant yeah Have i mean yeah. Really worse rosin than roach rosin uh, oh it was horrible it was horrible. Like you can see my reaction and the video is still on my YouTube channel. You can see my reaction in it. And I almost puke. That was, you that wasn't baking. Yeah. The first time he took a, a smaller dab and it was way too hot and burned up quick. So we made him take a bigger yeah, one. Yeah, I had to go twice. Down. It just yeah, made so sense to, get to go in again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get, I mean, it's got to be appropriate, right? <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the story of the roach rosin. Anyone want to see the actual Jeez. video on it? It's on my YouTube channel, Envy Closet Met Grower on YouTube. So, 
Well, hey, so, I, sorry I'm late, guys, but uh, I do want to welcome you as well, personally, Envy Closet Med Grower. It's great to have you on here, uh, fellow GrowTuber, fellow Michigander, fellow Hashhead. I don't necessarily agree with your definition of it, but that's okay. That's how you feel about it. <laughs> I have been listening. <laughs> he has been listening. He's been in the background. And I love the terpene talk, and I'm going to try to do this very quickly. Um I, yeah, I was thinking comment. of you during that talk because I'm like, well, there's someone on our panel here who's really good at isolating terpenes. <laughs> uh, I don't know about isolating. I don't. I don't really do any isolation of uh, individual terpenes. You know. Yeah. Throughout your a lot process, of lab testing. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, so I know what's in there. I know what's in each strain and like what levels of, you know, which is the higher one and all that. But uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really isolate them i just uh try to concentrate the terpenes down yeah as much i would as say more of a concentrator mm. for mm -hmm. sure yeah because i'm really i'm like crashing out the thca and then trying to pull that out as much as possible just to kind of like make a stable product really but also to increase the concentration of terpenes you know because then you can use it for whatever you might be going for there uh i totally got off track let's do a screen share okay dab time and uh i'm going to share this comment as well so I don't know if you guys saw this. I just saw this like half hour ago or something. Yes. Um, where is the screen? Let's go to stories here. These pictures have been horrible. Uh, how do I back this up? Let's go there. Oh, look at that. There we go. So I put the laughing face over this, but let's see if we can get to the post. How they gonna infuse the box? Whatever he's waiting for. Sprinkles, you made it famous. This is no street shit. $300,000 machine. Pure lab, medical grade. A lot going on. No street shit. Here's where the turfs get pulled into the machine where they're vaporized, atomized, pumped into the chamber. Where it's infused under vacuum, where you get a complete infusion all the way through the flower to the stem. This is hurting me. Yeah. This is hurting me. Yeah. That so guy. got the idea. Um, yeah, turn it off before I throw up. Um, let me just first and foremost say that when I'm isolating terpenes or I, I should say we because this is more of my team that's done this i should do do that appropriately shout out andrew um when we're when we're isolating terpenes that is not our intention like that would be a very negative result of our hard work um we're looking at potentially um, <laughs> when the lab has to fix the growers errors <laughs> jesus christ and I mean processor um, lab, not like yeah. No, I understand. Lab. I understand. No, like um, doing mixes, reintroducing some terpenes that may have been lost in the process that we that we run through as hash making and or hash makers and rosin makers, um, and or adding them to edibles. You know, um, you know, you can you can make. You know, if I want to come out with a fragroli rosin blend, I can reintroduce some. Trop C terps into some Trop C um, hash rosin, and uh, then I can compete with for girlies fucking out of this world terpene levels. But yeah, when I, when I when I'm working on the isolation of terpenes, I'm definitely not definitely I do not have that in mind. I don't. Yeah. 
yeah i'm not something trying to make me, something mids better right something tells no. me they're using like botanical terpenes too and not actually terpenes extracted of from the forest or anything like Agreed. that right well, i would have listen man to have enough plant extraction terpenes that to infuse through a basket that size i'm assuming they're so, using some sort of steam infusion mm. Yeah, he's maybe. Said he I, I don't know though because yeah. that bud still looked fresh and dry. So I heard vaporization. I think so. Yeah, he, he yeah. does it in the video. It's like some micro whatever vapor. You but know, either probably... case, I, I'm really curious. The volume of terpenes used probably mm. wouldn't make it economical to use uh, cannabis. Yeah. The variable, you know, fruit and that's the other thing. Superior, you know that's yeah, what I didn't like too. It's they're doing this under vacuum, so it's like well how many how much of your terpenes are going right into your pump or wherever the hell yeah <laughs> yeah is this i mean i can't i don't know guys i'm confused it's we're definitely trying to fix no, mids that, you know no. what i mean uh so i don't know why uh i, I you yeah, know no, I, I love i love research and r d and expanding and innovating and stuff but like this is fixing a problem we shouldn't have in the first place you know 100 agreed yeah, it kind of like I said, that just disgusts me. It just it just makes it a joke, you know. And no, this it is, goes this one step no... further, Pedro. <laughs> like the the pics of the packs on Twitter X lately Ooh. and Instagram even of the blue weed and the pink weed and, and the like, dye weed. It's literally colored on top of being covered in THCA crystals and you know sprayed with terpenes and this yeah, is education it's just back to education well, this is why we this is literally i why I'm, we exist i it, listen though guys i'm i'm at a mixed thought on this machine first of all i have a few thoughts one the guy was annoying as shit all right i don't ever <laughs> I use him disagree. for a fucking promo video ever again whoever recorded that just tell that guy to stop he can run the machine if he's good at it but don't be on video please god secondly I love it. I love um it. secondly that's massively overpriced for whatever the fuck it's doing right? it might do something cool look like a sweet fucking samsung refrigerator you know how fucking like fuck no that was a sweet refrigerator i will say like it's sweet yeah samsung really cool and there's some pretty cool vials and gadgets down there in the bottom to move terps around that's really neat you know it's I'm really not that mean. impressed for the price. I really am not. I don't know what the hell's going on down there, but it seems like a waste of money. Um, yeah, it, and it was. It, now, it looked lastly, like it infused. What I'll say that that technology may be at a better price or something. There may be some uses for it. Now, uh, look at it this way. Like I said, I was managing a CBD facility in Tennessee where it's still a red state for THC, right? And a lot of our products, in order to make them sellable and or in order to get people high in the legal market, we would re you could reintroduce Delta 8 or Delta 10 back into it as long as it was a hemp-derived product. So a lot of our trim would get processed, then processed down into Delta 8, and then we could reapplicate that back on. I could see using this machine on, say, CBD products in illegal markets to reintroduce more terpenes back in or to redo something with the weed to make it more sellable within those markets. Do I think it's a good idea? No, I think you should just grow fucking better weed and not have to deal with that shit, realistically. 
And I also think these red states need to get off their ass and start fucking not being red states so they don't have to deal with all these stupid loopholes and, uh, you know, having to have sprayed CBD and that sort of thing. Now, what I can say is anything we sprayed CBD wise. Now, first of all, the CBD I was growing there was fire. I have test results like above 2% terps and 20% cannabinoids on CBD cuts. Like, ridiculous we had some of the cuts that were winning the high times uh um in fact shout out to a different facility shout out to flow gardens uh, a lot of our cuts we started with we got from them and eric at flow gardens won high times hemp cup and a bunch of things with some of the cuts i was growing so it's like quite literally some of the best cbd cuts in the in the market but so I really didn't have to reintroduce terps to make it sellable as CBD, but being that we were also needing to reintroduce Delta 8 and Delta 10 to it, we added terps on various ones to make it more sellable, but then we sold it as a sprayed product. We didn't sit there and say, hey, this is this, try to shuffle it in the black market, none of that stupid shit. We straight up got new test results, sent those test results out with the product showing that, hey, this is a Delta 8 over CBD flower with this terpene infusion. You know you what introduce, I mean? You introduce a very interesting variable. Like if I if I shift, shift my perspective in into that, I, you may have this really, you love this flower because it has A and B terpenes, right? But C and D would also be beneficial for it so if you take this really good flower with that has a that has your a and b terpenes and you spray it with you know c and d you could potentially get the the dual benefit but I feel man, like you're only going for a full spectrum product at that point and then now you're you're combating against every different strain you put in there and it's you know what i mean like but it, i i see the use but it seems yeah, more complicated I, I, for the un- than the end product you're gonna a get. big time but you know you could you could then be very clear in what you are producing or t- attempting to produce you know what you're producing and i i mean i i, I sh- after shifting after hearing what what envy just said there though i mean and it looked like they were spraying it looked like they were spraying a pack on that tray though <laughs> So, so yeah, that machine's ridiculous. I'm going to tell yeah. you right now. No, just <laughs> no, no, not for three hundred thousand. Playing devil's advocate, though. No. To going going back to an earlier comment, I think Figueroa, you said, and if I buy it, I better get a discount. If that guy has to teach me how to I use it, get 10% right? Out if that guy gets. Um, is there a chemical difference between? botanically derived terpenes and cannabis derived terpenes not in the terpene molecule itself but when a lot of times when you're getting cannabis derived terpenes you're talking about cold trapping the array of terpenes coming off the cannabis so you're you're getting a broad spectrum of different terpenes to represent the plant whereas when you're buying terpenes that are botanically or derived or fruit derived or anything like that, you're getting it from an isolated process in a lab and you're getting just that actual molecule. Yeah. The single, so- single molecule. So that's kind of the difference. But if you isolated, say the linalool out of the cannabis derived terpenes and actually isolated it into just the linalool molecule or isolated it from a lavender plant, that molecule is the same. So that's so the that's the interesting. Arrived. 
we, we hear about cannabis derived then, I mean, it, it, if you could replicate the spectrum, you know, properly, you, you, you sequence out, here's the, the mix of these 10. Can I replicate it? Is Here, there here's a, the problem is, sorry, is red, red setter farm got me laughing in the comments <laughs> uh, he's on a roll dude he's on a roll consumers should just turn to real drugs and quit beating around the bush if they have to smoke fake reefer <laughs> i'm sorry dude that shit got me cracking up <laughs> that's raw all right all right I, i'm no longer sidetracked i guess <laughs> um I, here's the thing you know you said 10 terpenes superior and you know that's probably a common thing is to probably only look at the top few you know what i mean there's maybe one or two that stand out and then you're like oh yeah this one's in there too and then you you know we might test for like 25 of them or something like that i, I haven't seen a, how many are actually there that's the thing man like if we're talking a profile of you know cobra milk or something and then trying to recreate that you can get pretty close, but I don't know if you're actually going to recreate it. And then I don't know about you guys, but I'm not smoking straight terpenes. So really like when it comes down to mimicking the terpenes, it's like, okay, cool. We've done that. But now what are we doing? And like, we still have to add the whole cannabinoid profile. And can we test for that whole cannabinoid profile? And so like, I know, I know when it comes to well, science, we can, we can get this down to brass tacks, zeros and ones, you know what I mean? Like put it all in Latin and we can have a name for everything and see it on paper or whatever. Right. But it's kind of like when you try to add up the mass, like in breaking bad, the beginning of breaking bad, when they try to add up the mass of a human being, and they're like, ah, oh, it's like 99.9998% or whatever, you know, it's like, what's left? You know, whether or not you want to say that's like the soul or the consciousness or whatever it is, you know, that, you know, according to that show, whatever it is, right? It's it's kind of like the grower's love you put into the plant and like whatever comes out on the other end. It's like that extra little special point zero 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 two percent that you can't test for that just makes it all that better than those botanically derived terps. I don't know, man. I there's again, it was devil's advocate. I'm not I'm not advocating for that. It, it's I think if you absolutely can mimic it, but it's like you can only mimic. Well, we what were getting you can back to that for. machine, though. So I if also we're talking, think it has to go to, down to an individual consumer perspective, too, man. Not everyone cares. We care. That's why we're exactly. on this podcast. Yep. A lot of consumers don't give a shit where their flavor comes from, as long mm. as it tastes good. Especially when it comes to like, say, vape cart products and things like that. They don't give a fuck if it's botanical terps or not. Majority of the time, on a distillate product. Now, me, I care. Yeah, I would rather rather have a broad spectrum cold trap terp directly off of fucking you know cannabis plant, so I know it's it's a somewhat representative of the plant it came from, but. A lot of people don't, man. That's just the truth right. of it. So, yeah, the general consumer is generally uh, uneducated about all this, and there's a lot to blame for that. And I think that's part of what we're doing here is to try to, you know, slowly inch that forward. Uh, but at the same time, like the general consumer will consume a Tide Pod for a, you know, yeah. online challenge. So it's just like, you know, uh, but it goes yeah. further than that, though, for Girly, too, though. It's if we, we talk about the entourage effect cannabinoids mm -hmm. mixed with the terpenes and everything and how the the end result 
do they get that from botanical if it's sprayed, you know, using the machine on flour that already has cannabinoids and, and, a, and a shitty terpene profile? So they just cover it up. I, well, uh, it, I, I it's, it's the same as it. smoking out of a flavored blunt wrap, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, I'll give okay. you a much That's, a, that's exactly. a good analogy, yeah. But you got to think of it this way. It's not necessarily covering up. It's adding to. It's not getting yeah. rid of what's there. It's just adding to it. Right. So but if realistically, a really horrible percentage of terpenes because they crap did a crappy dry. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, then you have shit weed and you should it. probably learn to grow better. But <laughs> I mean, 99% of the problem right there, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i mean also shit happens and let's say people do want to smoke their weed or or try to save their weed if it's in bad shape you know what i mean and i i think there is some use for these processes for some markets and for some consumers do i think that's where the cream of the market should be going or that's where people should be focusing i don't i think it all starts with the plant and people should be mm -hmm. focusing on properly maintaining the environments and processes to grow and cure their plants properly so that way we can extract them well because i'm pretty sure both for Groly and pedro will tell you whether it's rosin or whether it's fucking uh you know bho extraction chemical-based extraction it's still very much depends on the quality of the input material fire and fire out man that always holds true and, and even with the crc and cleaning up turds and things we didn't think we could do you know for a long time and now that we kind of found the science to do it it's still polishing a turd and it still is a turd on the other end it just it's it's you know wearing a mask that's all it is you know um, <laughs> now it's a white turd yeah, yeah, yeah. Fake Without terpenes, or or it's got fake terpenes added like this stuff, or it's got no, fake no, color added. Blue because like they pad. paint it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, who knows though? Sometimes that that stuff could be poison if you're ingesting it in the wrong way. You know. So oh, yeah, like, that's that's where all the debates going right now is. Every all the comments out are like, dude, don't smoke that. You're gonna give yourself cancer. Like, yeah, and I'm not talking smoking? like botanical terpenes and stuff. I, I'm no, it's talking like. <laughs> The food yeah. coloring that they're yeah, and, and honestly, I want to put out this disclaimer while we're talking about terpenes too. Anyone experimenting with terpenes, be very careful. Terpenes in raw form are they can be dangerous. Some of them can burn you. If you add too much to your product, it can very much make it very harsh. It can burn your lungs. It can do a lot of things that are not good. So know your math, do your percentages correctly, and be careful when you handle them. Pretty good disclaimer. Well said. Yeah. A lot of variables there. There, it's a solvent. A lot of them, you know, they're uh, very volatile solvents. Yeah. So you got terpenes in your water. That's kind of making it a solvent wash, right? <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, when they say, what they say, uh, solvent less. Yeah, right, right. It's got a hypo there. That was Mimi, Mimi Murphy, I think. Solvent less. Depends said. on if it's being used as a solvent. I, I, I've fought this battle a hundred times. I agree with you one million percent. Yep. But you know, um, you know, we, solvent, we are we are yeah. not. We are Water not. is a solvent. Water's a great solvent. It just doesn't have the right uh polarities to pull on oil and wax and lipid-based molecules, and that's I why mean, 
one used as hash, it's not necessarily a solvent. You're mechanically separating it by letting it flow through the water as a media. Mm. But when you're using BHO, on the other hand, it's actually dissolving and breaking down the wax and lipid compounds and the terpenes and the others, binding them to the BHO and pulling them out chemically. I believe there are terpenes that do dissolve in water. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there are. Uh, so what, yes. we, what we were getting back to when you start walking down the road of, you know, we're not using it for that is because we're not then going after the terpenes that we're losing. That's that's just yes. that's just trash or, or waste, if you will. You yeah, know, the goal, um, obviously, done in cold temperature is to try to keep the wax structure of the trichome heads in a way that it retains the cannabinoids and the terpenes without letting them out. But the terpenes are on such sensitive gill structures on the bottom of the uh, cannabinoid or the head of the trichome, the trichome head, that a lot of times you're still going to lose some, but by having that colder temperature, you're going to lose less both from the waxes being more solid and from the slower metabolic processes of the cold. You know, we keep, we keep fucking ice and I see it happening over here. We keep talking about this recollection or this, uh, uh, um, yeah, this recollection recovery, if you will. Thank you. Um, isolation of terpenes. And and for Groly's over here this whole time thinking, why do you guys do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's chemicals that pull it out way faster, it's man. Such like a major way of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> much more efficient, at least. <laughs> yes, honestly, um, and honestly, even some of the lower efficiency ways still give you some really nice terpenes, like just a simple cold trap off of a closed loop system. Like you can pull some pretty good fucking terpene percentages out of those but oh this, for girlies this, is like i've i've called it before questionably too high oh yeah right it depends on if you got asthma or other things sensitivities yeah oh, this, this comment made me laugh that. water is h2o is, is a chemical and it made me like yeah go off on my own like tangent in my brain for like 30 seconds and how i can yeah instead of you know how i can start calling myself the hydrocarbon guy like i have been and then calling you guys the hydro oxygen guy <laughs> hydro oxygen guy you gotta get away with that making it sound scary you know? that's funny i don't like it but it's funny <laughs> you know what i want to go now that for girl is here i want to go at least slightly back to that uh first response where i where i said mechanical separation sure. i still fully stand behind that as hash but what i do want to defend is even though i'm saying that say bho products aren't necessarily a mechanical separation so i don't consider it a hash it's still very much a a very hard to do art form that involves a lot of chemistry and it takes a lot of process to do and it should be respected just as much as any hash artist is so why is it uh, not hash uh, in my mind, it's not a mechanical separation. You're using chemical bonds. You're breaking chemical bonds and using chemistry to pull out and isolate the chemicals we want, which are the cannabinoids and terpenes, as compared to separating the heads and then pressing the heads into you see what I mean? You're only using mechanical forces. You're never actually changing any chemical bonds within well, it. You you had me the whole way, dude, with this mechanical thing until you you broke that wall with the rosin. Because 
I, it's like mechanical separation. Yes, you're still along that path. I get that even through rosin. It's still yeah, especially with pressure, your, your you're just wrench, a filter at high temperature. High temperature and high pressure is all you're doing, but you're still not necessarily doing anything that's gonna gonna chemically alter it or change the chemical of it, even if it is temporarily. Like you put introduce those hydrocarbons. Hold on, like, you're telling me the the pressure and temp and uh, and and well, it, it hold on, you're telling me no. heat doesn't change the chemical structures of terpenes. No, it will. It'll make them more volatile. It can uh, make them ch change into other terpenes like we were talking about earlier in the show quicker and things along those lines. So heat does change things chemically. You're right. Do I think of it as a chemical process? Okay, well, what Depends would you call the context, it? man. I, I don't know. I guess it is. What I'm seeing here, what I'm seeing here is this, this beautiful no fucking... This beautiful painting on the wall yeah. that we're creating and, and because you know, hang on, hang on, because I'm seeing the, all the answers of these that we're compiling, and I'm what I'm starting to realize is that it's all it's the the line if there is one <laughs> is completely personal preference, and it's starting to paint this canvas that's just. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's very interesting. it's like the goalposts just do this every guest it's they're they're doing this shit we're it's like oh pretty, wait, it's a pretty cool uh, i love it at the start remember i was somewhat hesitant to put rosin in the hash category and i even uh -huh. said it's more like a cousin of the hash and that's why mm -hmm. because of that heat yeah, is my exact process as to why, and so that's why I can't really fight you on that for Groly. So I've unfortunately, I, I mean, as a hash because it usually comes from a hash process or directly from the plant. So I think of it more as not as much the same as if you're using a polar solvent that can pull on those oil products and pull them out. You it, know it, what it's I mean? Much more engineering based. Yes, yeah, so I think of I think of Fergaroli's role more as the the chemist in the in in the lab, whereas I think cool. of Pedro's role more as the the crane operator. I, mean, I think of like the high quality artist that knows how to make the perfect mixture of clay, and they measure out things in a certain way. Like mm -hmm. there's still a very much a chemical art form to that artistry, but it leans more on the art of separating the mechanical heads as compared to the chemical process of pulling out the chemicals. Okay, let me ask this question real quick how How much does your process change pedro like your sops if you will from run to run or from strain to strain variables um how much rmd have i done you know yeah <laughs> so if i've if i've nailed it down and i'm and i'm and everything is running perfectly um and i know exactly how everything washes and i have my notes and i know what temperatures to hold the water if i know everything like that um they can vary uh, I wouldn't say drastically, but they can definitely vary. Um, if I don't know those things, which a lot of people don't you have a have standard that. that you go to. Yeah. You generally would have a standard that you would just kind of like fall that's, back on. That's how I wash my, mm -hmm. all my washes are identical. That's I, why I said that there's variables talking. to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, and the reason I ask is because 
I, I feel like it's a compliment, Envy, to say that I'm I'm an artist and, and doing art. And we've talked about this before on the show, but mm-hmm. uh, I feel much more like a, uh, you know, just a, like a crane operator or something like that, where I'm just operating equipment. I, I understand the process. I've done it You're pushing literally hundreds of times. But yeah, it's like at this point, it's just muscle memory for me. So it's like, again, it's fire in, fire out. What comes out on the other side is like based on the input. Um so I don't know how much of it I can actually claim as art, but it's certainly a well, tedious, chemically inclined process uh, that is went from a hobby to basically a job, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and beyond. Uh, I, I just, I wonder at what point one is more art than the other versus just, yeah, a, almost a job, you know? Um, I'm talking I've, hydrocarbon versus. Um, I, know exactly, I understand exactly. Hydrooxygen. <laughs> you know, and to, to to kind of defend Envy's, you know, line that he's put over there. Uh, I've drawn a hard line, not a hard line, but I've kind of drawn a hard line where my definition of hashes is the mechanical separation, like you said, and then when you start applying heat, it's not it's not hash anymore. Now when I go around with buddies and whatnot, hey, man, you want to smoke some ash? You know, whatever. The words go back and forth here and there. But, I mean, if you're going to ask me a definition, you know, it's the mechanical separation. It, you know, and, and I would not, like I've said before, I would not call it unless I was just in a buddy-to-buddy situation. I would not consider a hydrocarbon extraction hatch. And that's just me. Yeah, And I like, no. that's why I said I think we're getting a lot of because it, it, it isn't really, I, we have read the definition, but it kind of leaves a little bit, you know, on both sides to kind of, to kind of lean one way or the other. Um, it doesn't seem like it's, I mean, it seems like there's only a couple options here, you know, a couple different I options just, for the when answer. When I hear it in my head, I think of the little chunks we used to get in aluminum foil. And that's what I think of when I think I have yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I think, I think of bubble head drying on a 25 micron sheet that's yeah. what i think of. Yeah, exactly for girly like little temple balls and it, like that's what i i my memory goes back to so bubble hash is a way to get to that point for me for you know you know the know. funny thing is is back in the day um hash it, it wasn't bubble hash hash back in the day was was a sifted product and mm-hmm. and like we've talked i don't remember who we were talking with before i believe it was on on this podcast here um it was an aged product it wasn't a like when when we when we're pulling the heads off the plant cured or excuse me fresh it's a fresh off the plant kind of like for girl he's trying to do there he's trying to preserve the way it smelled the way it kind of essence uh the when when we harvested it but the way the hash was done back in the day back when hash you know i guess originated is it was a sifted product that was then aged that was then kind of like a a grape then they they extracted the the the, they they kind of isolated i guess they didn't even extract but they isolated and and stored the dried grapes if you will you know and then yeah. when you when you lit that again, you know, is when you got to smoke it. But you know, the bubbling pro the, the bubbling process, the bubble hash 
aspect of it i'm extremely high over here um the bubble <laughs> hash aspect of it you know it is that even hash you know when we're when we're dumping the flour into water that right there yep. if we're going to go back to what do we got to go back to origins right if we're looking for a definition the reason why that's still hash is because like i said earlier it's still a mechanical separation mm -hmm. the cold water the heads are breaking oh, off with you trichome, and they're falling through a screen that's a mechanical separation He's still defending his thesis. Water. <laughs> you know i'm with you i've just so yeah I've just just having the different perspectives allows us to walk. I like walking down possible roads. It's yes. It, it's super well, interesting because we know what the dictionary says now. You know, we looked it up last time and, and we know it's it's much broader than any of us thought. Yeah, it, it absolutely it, is. And like you said, it's a gray area. It's it's wide open on what it is. Big time. Uh, that's what that's what makes it so so funny. Yeah, know. it is. It's super interesting yeah. to see what everyone and, thinks about it. Yeah, and and you know, I know I'm giving you a hard time. I hope you do too. I, I like to be a contrarian yeah. on this topic, especially considering I'm like you know kind of up here by my lonesome with doing what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, I, it, it is very interesting to see everyone's perspective on it, and we've gotten quite a few different versions of it, and I look forward to a lot a lot of variable answers in the the future. A montage. <laughs> I, I I I just started thinking about that turp machine and stuff, and just like the remediate, like the willows, the remediation machines, and how we don't really have any labeling laws, uh, let alone on our food. But you know, certainly not really with our cannabis too much. We don't even label terpenes. Not required to test for them here in Michigan. Very few places do require that. But there needs to be some sort of remediation labeling, and I I I almost want to say we need to come up with a term that covers like at, like a, this broad spectrum term that would cover flour concentrates edibles and whether it's you know hash or flour whatever it is how do i know this is like safe or just natural i, I and the word that comes to mind for me is unadulterated can i get some you grow it yourself it a hundred percent. That's why I do that. That's why I've been doing it for ten years. Right. That yeah, you know, not expensive, but uh, I I feel like there's got to be a term like that. If it's not that, that would like the canary, right? It's like the canary in the coal mine. Like this is like it's 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 okay, <laughs> you know. You guys got any better vocab than my dumb brain? No, dude. I was having a hard time with it before, but like you guys say you gotta you almost just gotta grow your own but here's here's where i go back and forth on that is you, you so you gotta pass the stringent regulations the you know the stringent testing in the commercial market right in order to to deem something safe right for consumption and then we say grow your own at home well are you going to tell me that growing yourself at home is going to make you grow better than the person that's growing in the commercial market that's trying to avoid these possible things? Do you see what I'm saying? No, not necessarily. Yeah, I, I somewhat say that as a joke, obviously, as someone that's no, managing commercial, commercial situations. But you're right. There's really no way to know personally. No, there's um, no testing in the personal the, there, there really isn't and and uh even on the commercial level yeah there's there's more strict regulations and a lot of th way, things people have to follow but i mean 
it doesn't mean there's not loopholes. It doesn't mean there's not dangerous chemicals that are not being tested for. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'll straight say it right now. People using paraquat and mepiquat, man, you guys are jerks too. Might not be as bad as paclobutrazol, but it's still fucking bad for you. Just because your state doesn't test for it doesn't mean you should use it. You know what I mean? So that's one of those that's like an anti-gibberellin inhibitor so it's uh it very much use it it's a dangerous chemical first of all and what it does is it stops your plant's production of gibberellin so it makes it shorter tighter nug structure right mm. and uh it's commonly used in like grapevines and things like that and uh using paraquat and mepiquat it pretty much does the exact same thing to your plant that old paclobutrazol it used to do that got you know kicked out of the industry for giving people cancer and that sort of thing so and these ones are still very toxic chemicals and that sort so some states test for them some don't so i've seen commercial market weed that definitely has that shit in it and people don't know wow. about it you know yeah. what i mean a big part of the problem is like i'm sitting over here thinking about how much of a hypocrite i am you know because like yeah i do have full control over the weed i smoke you know what i mean everyone has control over what they're putting in their body but like i i'm sitting here growing it I'm processing it i'm making it in edibles you know and then i'm consuming it um i do that with <clears throat> i do some uh, or you know some of my food too um but like when it really comes down to it like do you know exactly what's in the soil you know do you know exactly what's in the every single input you know um and then you know if i if i want to it's i think i'm like this cognizant about it because i am have been involved in it for a decade and been doing it for a decade but you know i go shop at the grocery store and i have no idea what kind of regulations there are in the food there like you know i just assume it's safe because it's at the grocery store and if it's not yeah. well they're gonna tell me on some you know oh, yeah. commercial late at night that all the salad we can, get to the broad, we can get into a broader regulation topic. You yeah, want to hear a good one that was in the news recently. Uh, the EPA re-looked at some of their findings on dicamba products and decided, oh, maybe these are not good for the environment. And there's way too many lawsuits and maybe made three of these major companies, BASF, Bayer, and Monsanto, all lied to the EPA in order to say their dicamba products wouldn't drift when, of course, they did, just like the old dicamba products. They pulled all of them from the market last week. This week, they went back through and said, if you have any existing stock, you're still allowed to use it. But as soon as that product's gone, you're no longer allowed to use any dicamba products in the market. So all those big three fucking chemical assholes are all working overtime right now to figure out a new herbicide to spray on grain and uh dicamba also is uh one of the gmo i believe there's a dicamba gmo corn and wheat don't quote me on exactly what strains but they're they have specific gmos for dicamba so you can spray it over wheat crops without hurting them or your grain it's, crop it goes from the all the way from the when they're growing it to when it's literally in the store i don't know if you guys know this i found out about this from future 4200 or however you want to say that 4200 <laughs> uh mm -hmm. on uh 
on Instagram. He reposted someone else's story. And that same day, I went to the grocery store and found out it's the same case at my grocery store. So if you go to the produce section, where, usually the one on the wall, because if it's the one in like the center um, where you can see over it, it's going to be hidden. But if you go to the ones like usually on the wall, and they're a little bit higher, and they have the spray nozzles at, at the top, and it's where all like the radishes and carrots and all your lettuces and all those like fresh produce are, um, you know, you think you're, it's just getting sprayed with water or something to like keep it fresh or whatever. You're probably not going to be able to see over it because they do it intentionally. Uh, and, or unless you're a giant like me, <laughs> grab your phone, put it on video, hit record, and just put it over the top of that thing and take a look at what's up there. I can almost guarantee you that there's going to be about a two and a half gallon jug of some sort of bacterial side, bacteria side. And they're mixing it in. It's, there's like literally a tube that just goes into it and then ties into their, uh, the water manifold. And this stuff gets mixed in and sprayed on all of that produce, including the organic stuff. Now, maybe this stuff has been cleared for organic, whatever. It's OMRI listed. Um, but I saw it at my own grocery store. I've seen it on other people's videos from grocery stores. And I'm just like, we just know nothing. We know nothing. You know what I mean? I have to, I, right. I'll admit, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I my thought first it was like job. a filtered water. Go grab yeah, a step ladder. Job was, at a, was at a grocery chain. And I learned a lot about groceries and stores and what goes on. And yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was definitely not aware of that one. I've, and I've worked at a grocery store before. I'll, uh, I'll find the video. You guys are going to have to give me a couple minutes because I'm going to have to like upload this to my computer. Dude, I'm out in I, Vegas I now. There's a lot of grocery stores. So I'm going to be checking every one I go in now. <laughs> do when it. you do, definitely make sure you buy some dollar holes because. <laughs> worth it. I, I only have two cookies left, but I already promised the boy he could have one. So that means I have one cookie left. Oh, damn it! I have Oreos too. I just realized it's going to take me way too long to make it worth our while to uh, <laughs> find this video. But just trust yeah, me. And, uh, where the hell on Instagram. Yeah, uh, <laughs> go find it. No, I, I wouldn't doubt it. It makes sense. But uh, I also didn't know that, so now I'm confused. Confused about life. <laughs> uh, like, should I just buy canned vegetables? Like, fuck it. Take another <laughs> dab. It'll make sense. Just go full prepper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to live on MREs the rest of my life. Oh, man. <laughs> I did that. Well, you got enough. the free dryer. I mean, you you really can, you really can uh, go balls to the wall if you really, if you really again knowledge, right? If you really have the knowledge, you can do, turn a half acre lot into a hell of a lot of food for yourself if you if you have the dedication and you know you got to realize that the time that you're trading would be the money that you would be paying, you know. So exactly right there. Which you and and it, it, don't don't get me wrong, it's a ridiculous commitment. Get yourself some skills, people. Yeah, but especially you know, especially man, I like those. But it's, and especially if you're talking about regenerative, um, you know, kind of sustainable. That's where yeah, you got to dig deep but, into permaculture and mm -hmm. and closed loop systems. You know, that's the. <laughs>
that's the best part of it. That's how we've designed everything outdoors here. You know, we're our chickens are a main piece of the system. They take all our scraps and they poop out eggs. And well, I think one of the one of the, one of the biggest things is is that you know you you don't one of the biggest things people realize once you start walking on this path is that it's a fuck ton of work. Yeah. You know, yeah. so at some point in time they realize, oh, oh, oh three of look us. At that. I just here your butts feels left out. Yeah, for those only listening though, uh three of us now have an NV t-shirt on from my old promotional t-shirts because oh, I yeah. gave one to Pedro and fucking for goalie. Dude, that's like a big dookie like, shirt, man. Oh, Big Duke, he's the man. I uh, miss yeah. that guy. So, so yeah, uh, at some point in time, at some point in time, we realize that it's a hell of a lot of work, especially if you're trying to supplement everything. I mean, like everything. Yeah. No. And you start try to you start to realize that you really do kind of need to start doing organic, regenerative, kind of self-sustaining, closed loop style systems or it's it's definitely not an outdoor option if you choose to not walk that path you know so it's it's interesting some of the systems though like red just said it right there the permaculture food forest where you're building multi-layer food forest it feeds itself everything provides food for you or the animals um and you're just constantly like a lot of my systems are designed to work with themselves and make less work for me mm-hmm. i do all my composting mm-hmm. inside of my chicken coop my chickens turn my compost they take care of all my scraps and they the compost then heats the coop in the winter because you know we get 12 feet of snow every winter so again systems working together at the come springtime i'll pull yards of compost out of there that'll be perfect for and we've got huco cultures and orchards and you know, on stream right now, we're growing apple trees. Benji's got his own little apple orchard going. Yeah, apples grow good up there in Michigan, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that, was some of my, that was some of my favorite memories of being young, growing up in northern Michigan. We'd go out in the fall to the apple orchards and get hard-pressed apple cider. That shit apple is cider delicious. and warm donuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> Even just a plain donut with apple cider or or don't, cinnamon I don't sugar. know. Go go check the fucking leaf change in the fall up in northern Michigan and hit up mm-hmm. a farm that has an apple orchard. It's well worth your time. That's what I love <laughs> around here, man. We get so many different options because we do have this the cider, you know, and we do have the leaf change, and we do have the desert, you know, we have the canyons, we have the mountains. It's I don't know. So it's such a diverse. You can go up, you can go down. You just. <laughs> Big diversity here in Colorado. Yeah, from what I hear, Colorado or Michigan, if you want water and four seasons, pretty much, you know? Right. Yeah, agreed. You just yeah, get the, uh, a lot more elevation where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> you have the option to, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm. we sit at right about a mile high where I'm at right here. So you. <clears throat> Never mind. I was gonna make a mile high club joke. You're just always in it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't hold it, it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to, but I'm still going to. In multiple ways. <laughs> Don't hold it back. No, yeah, about a about a mile high, but we can get 
Um, yeah, I guess I mean, we can get up to about 12,000 feet out here. Yeah. Just over 12,000 feet. I'm like, whoa. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you there's some crazy spots, man. Even, yeah. you know, oh, most of the most of the high altitude towns up in the Rockies are between like seven and 9,000 feet. Because really, once you get above like 10,000 feet, it starts to get a little harder to breathe and there's not as many people up mm. there. But a lot of the road passes and stuff you got to take are what eisenhower pass is eleven thousand some feet i don't know i don't think eisenhower is that high i think it's only 10 9 or 10, 10. Something. It's, yeah, it's the tunnel it's over it's definitely over 10 it's fucking up there yeah i know and it gives me a headache every time i go up there so. you can you can get much as we got on the show you can get much higher on your on your four-wheeler um you can get to yeah. much higher elevations um, well above tree line and take some of the you know the, the back road way back road ohv you know um trails and talk about lack of oxygen and stuff man because you can park your you can park your vehicle your four-wheeler whatever you want and you can walk and you can climb much higher than where the road is in which you know like, like the mountain that you're passing and you can get some serious yeah. elevation out here. I'm trying to think what. I don't Honestly, have man, I think the highest elevation I was at in Colorado is when I was out snowboarding. I was at uh, one of the resorts. I want to say Loveland Resort. And I went up to one of their higher peaks way the hell off. And it was at just shy of 14,000 feet oh, at the very God. top of the lift. It was like 13.8, yep. something like that. Yep, they get up there. Jeez. Yeah, it was hard as fuck to breathe. Like That's I know yeah. way hard on my snowboard, and by the time I leaned back up, I was out of breath. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I need to get the fuck down the mountain, at least back down <laughs> to like eleven or ten thousand feet where there's some oxygen. This shit's crazy. Yeah, that's that scary. is crazy. Yeah, I could feel it after a couple days just being in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I think it was, and that's only at like. Uh, five maybe yeah like five thousand <laughs> above sea level <laughs> yeah when the wife and i went out there to new mexico I, same thing with me i didn't realize it until halfway through the first day i'm like oh, why am shit. i drinking so much water and not peeing at all <laughs> right yeah what what is different <laughs> yeah well uh i uh you know when i moved to colorado i must have been a true midwesterner because i actually moved <laughs> to the flat part so <laughs> i just want to look at the mountains okay <laughs> they're intimidating I I no 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 the t house i bought in colorado is about an hour east of pueblo and it's just far enough out you actually can't see the mountains at all <laughs> it's more like an extension of kansas uh, yeah 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 <laughs> oh that. man well speaking of getting higher dude what's your favorite terpene profile and you don't have to give me like a specific i mean i know you know the terps and actually if you, I guess fruits. If you want to fruits okay. i like I like high mercine fruit ones, so a lot of like berries, like the funky ones. Oh, yeah, wait, wait. berries and strawberries and what and about like yeah. the guavas and mangoes? Mercine, mercine's kind of weird because it depends what other terpenes are mixed with. Yeah, kind of expresses sure. different profiles. But Dude, uh, that's every terpene, man. Seems like. Yeah, yeah, but I've noticed. Um, like some of my favorite ones, like one I won a bunch of my cups with the Beyond Dreams had like a, a mixed fruit strawberry flavor, more like strawberry raspberry kind of mix. Okay. And I fucking loved that with a really was it that was it like head. the 
raw fruit or was it like the, like a can like an artificial candy it was more like a candy it was honestly okay. what it tasted like out of everything i've ever tasted it tasted like the lifesaver cream saver strawberry flavor i know That's exactly what that strain holy like. smokes it okay exactly like that huh. super smooth aftertaste too so you barely ever coughed with it because it was just crazy smooth unfortunately i no longer have the cut so i cry about it sometimes do you, but do uh you, do you want to cry through the story and tell us what happened with it like what how did you lose I can, it yeah yeah i'll try i not don't want to bring up too much emotions yeah if we were in the same I room i would story. definitely tell the story in whole that way i'd have someone to cuddle with and cry on but i'm here for you dude. i'm Just by myself here, michigan so. actually I got damn i missed a cuddle moment a couple weeks ago chocolate. i'll be all right <laughs> I didn't know I missed. I didn't know I missed a cuddle moment a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no. Hey, I got a hug from Pedro when I rode through, so I at least got a mini cuddle. That's the way I'll look at. You it. got some beard scratches on your face. Exactly <laughs> right. Probably, probably sent him a beard. Took some too. of the beard oil for good luck. I put it on my head in hopes it'll help. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm a big story with the cut. Okay. Um, uh, long story short, I popped three seeds of Beyond Dreams from North Genetics. I had two females, kept both of them around for a couple rounds. One female I kept, that one was my baby. That's the one that tastes like strawberry cream saver. Super fucking awesome hybrid. Really good body buzz without a sleepy high. So it was a good mix of the euphoria, sativa kind of headiness with the good body buzz of a strong indica. So awesome daytime weed. I fucking loved it. Right. Ended up winning three cups with it. Got it tested at one point. And the sample that got tested was like leftover from the cup sample and a bunch of other shit. So it wasn't necessarily the best taken care of. Still pulled 23% THC and 2% terps. Nice. And, and what, uh, you said yeah. it was Mercine. Do you it was Mercine. I, I'm trying to remember because I don't actually have the paper. It's a uh, I'm not going to say the companies or names involved, but I kind of, one of the guys involved in one of the cups I was doing may have also worked in the legal industry and had an in at one of the testing facilities. And then he took a bunch of samples from the cup and sent them in as if they were from one of the cultivations out here. And then the person at the testing facilities called up him and verbally gave us all the numbers. And he happened to be at my house when they called. So I got to hear everyone that was in the contest, which was dope, including my numbers. Nice. But uh, yeah. And then uh, after that, she deleted them back out of the system and then sent the other ones back to the cultivation. So I don't have the <laughs> You're over there taking notes. I know those were the numbers. And I remember it was highest in Myrcene and... Uh, fuck, what else was in there? It was so many years ago at this point. But yeah. Yeah, so no names involved, companies or people, but pretty interesting story. Mm. Um, So either case, I ended up winning three different cups with that strain. Kept it around for some years, right? Kept it in my personal grow, cycle it in and out, kind of like, you know, you do with the Lime Skunk and Pedro does with the Critical Kush. Like, them shits were not going anywhere because they are fire. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, so one of those types. Well kept it around. When I moved to Colorado, though, I uh, was going to give it off to a couple buddies of mine to hold on to the cut, and no one else had the cut but me at this given point. One buddy of mine stopped growing, didn't want to set up his equipment, was kind of, so I was, whatever, don't worry about it. 
went to another buddy and he happened to be without me knowing because I didn't talk to him for a while, happened to be going through a rough patch with some opiates and uh, let his garden go to some complete shit over addiction issues. And uh, Yeah, so that didn't work out very well. He was supposed to come get some cuts, never showed up at the house and then called me drunk and high at 9 a.m. talking about I can't come over because I'm too high for that. I was like, don't worry about it, buddy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I took the last mother plan I had, right? And I took a six pack of cuts because I had a little mini six pack tray. And I took some one and a half inch Rockwell cubes like I normally did for my home grow cuts, right? I have a different SOP for cultivation, but for home grows, I use the little pre wrapped one and a half inch cubes. They're great because you can break them off, get as many as you want for a smaller, smaller scale. So I cut six of those, put it in this little six cube tray and put it in a dome, right? And then I moved to Colorado. The week I moved to Colorado was uh, the first week of July in 2020. And there happened to be one of the hottest heat waves to ever go through Colorado. I moved to Greeley to a small apartment at first before I bought the house. And uh, while I was in Greeley, the apartment I went to had no AC until I hooked up my home ACs, which I stupidly put in the front of the U-Haul. <laughs> Not in the back. Oh, no. <laughs> By the time... it. Long story short, it's northern Colorado is where Greeley is, north of Denver, and it was 103 degrees, 101 Ooh. degrees. Like, it's crazy hot for that type of altitude, too. So the sun just bakes you at that altitude because it's 6,000 feet, you know, and uh, about where Pedro at. Yeah, so either case, the clones got up to way too hot with no air conditioning, even though I got them inside and by the time I was able to take care of them, four of, the si four of the six died before they had rooted. The other two took on some sort of bacterial infection and over the next two weeks just slowly died off and never rooted out. Damn. And that was the end of Beyond Dreams closet cut. It's gone. Brutal. Yeah. So I was, if honestly, if the temperature would have been better in eighties or lower, they probably would have rooted, wouldn't have been an issue, but you know, like root rot and stem rot bacteria just took off like crazy once it got that hot and killed off the corn. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. It's what it is. Well, I appreciate you sharing and, uh, wondering if, uh, one day you'll find something that's similar or, you know, can replicate it or, I still have a couple of the F1 seeds in my collection. Ooh, so when are we going to pop those? <laughs> also, also, I sent that original cut back to uh, Jay Bliz, one of the breeders from North Genetics back in the day, and mm -hmm. he bred that out with their F3. So the F4 line of seeds, one of the last lines they ever bred of that, is with mine as a mother plant. And uh, I have some of those seeds somewhere in my nice. collection. Nice. nice. Okay. So the so genetics. I can, I can, I can, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how much work or what Jay Blizz is still doing. I haven't really heard from him in quite a while or any of the guys involved from that crew. But uh, I do have some of the old seeds in my collection. I have those sitting around. So once I have a stable garden where I know I can hold on to some cuts for a while and do a, a mini pheno hunt, that's definitely on the list is to try to get a fucking fire cut of beyond dreams back again. 
I know exactly what to look for in the Fino. I'll fucking tell you that. So, <laughs> hell yeah, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I had that cut. Honestly, I ran that cut for about five, almost six years till I lost it too. So I ran that's, it. That's a good run. That's a good yeah. fucking run, man. Respectable to anybody. Yeah. New world grower. Um, what about like the terps you hate, man? Some people just hate, you know. Or maybe maybe hate. A lot of people hate me for this, especially Southern California, but quit giving me fucking gas, dude. I don't want no goddamn gas and strings. I am thick of fucking gas. All right. Well, okay. Are you, are you hoovering up all the gas? That's why this fruit takeover is coming. Yeah. It's I already I, hear I, it. I mean, it's already yeah, here. Yeah. I love all the fruits. Yeah. I like the oranges. I like the lemons. I like the berries. I like all of that. <laughs> I, I don't even mind some of the earthier ones like the cushions and things like that. I like the cushions too, but the OG cushions I'm kind of on the border with because I like the high of OGs, but the, the they're like a musky gas. I don't mind the musk, the gas. I'm, and then now the super gassy strains, everyone's like, oh, try this, this, that gas. And I smell it and it smells like fucking ethanol. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. gonna get me really high, but it's also gonna like hurt my throat and make me want to brush my teeth, you know. So and that just kills her high. Let's be honest. Who yeah. brushes her teeth when you're high? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Even if I smoke <laughs> that, I don't. But it makes me think that. Feel like you want to. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Let's talk about some different uh, fruity strains, though. Um, a good story, right? So I had uh, met this guy when I was managing a hydro store named Dave. Forget his last name, but he owns a company called OMG Seeds out of uh, uh, Colorado. And uh, it was while I was in Vegas, though, before. And uh, he gave me some seeds he bred and flavor wise terpene wise best orange strain i'd ever fucking tried it was mountain oranges and the lineage was colorado clementine crossed with jelly bean okay and uh the flavor on it though like i've tried a lot of different orange strains right because i like i like citrus too right so i've tried a lot of orange strains and most of them are either a woody orange uh, kind of like Cindy 99 and some of those kind of give you a woody orange and kind of like an orange bark kind of flavor or they're a bitter orange like an orange rind and the tangy comes off a little more like that to me and things like that this mountain oranges straight up sweet tangerine the sweetest orange flavor i've ever found in fucking weed grew it out a couple times from seed and every female i got all had that same sweetness it nice. was delicious. It was fucking delicious. The structure was so-so. Potency was so-so. I never got it tested, but if I was going to guess, you know, the 15 to 20 range gets you high, nothing special. Might be 20-ish, but decent. Not bad, but nothing special. Structure, not the greatest. Terps, phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> I still think about it to this day. Like, that shit, it was like biting into a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've grown both clementine and uh, several different phenos of jelly yeah. bean, but of course the the orange pheno that as well. Good. I, I like yeah, it. 
In fact, I'll say it right here in front of everybody. I'm excited for Groly is one of my favorite concentrate makers when it comes to chemical extraction. And Pedro is my favorite concentrate maker when it comes to fucking rosin. So I I got two of my favorites on here. I've smoked his Clementine. I've smoked multiple strains of Pedro's. Like both are phenomenal. These guys, they're not joking. They know what they're doing. I'm going to tell y'all. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that too, man. And uh, I mean, yeah, I'll double down on that Pedro one anytime because, like, he's he's reopened my eyes to Raz, and I was really, really losing my faith in in it. And he's he's proven that it can be done, man. So it's just like Pedro can, it can if Pedro can do it. Why can't the rest of y'all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired. Um, yeah, it comes. You haven't hung out in the cold room yet. Wait, yeah, I know. I gotta get up there. I know. (laughs) I and you know, I'm bringing freezers full. What I do, it seriously seriously comes down to just having the the love and the patience. You know what time of year it is? Superior Buds lives in the cold room, he can't leave the cold room for 500 miles. (laughs) I don't even know if he can for 500, it might take him more than that. It's been a weird winter over here, but yeah, yeah it has been here. Dude, as well. we got jumped on. I've got 14, 15 inches of snow in the past 24 hours. Oh, geez. Jeez, I haven't seen much more than a dusting in a, a minute. Yeah, there was some in the tops of the mountains when I took off my jacket and looked. I guess we did have one one time this year we could make a, make a uh, snowman with the daughter, but it melted yeah. in like two days, three days. Yeah, yeah. They canceled pretty like most of the snowmobiling and shit in Michigan. Yeah, I heard that. A, I saw that. Everything was slush. Honestly, the first time our even trails out here, even out here in Vegas, it's been a pretty mild winter though. Usually midwinter between late December and mid February, we get at least some night times that drop below freezing here and there, and you might see frost here and there. It's not not super common, but our coldest days sometimes do get in the twenties, right? And uh, this year, there was very, very few of those, maybe one or two. And usually you get, you know, a dozen of those nights a year. So it was even fairly mild for for normal standards for Vegas. And mind you, I lived here for 11 years, left for three and a half and just came back. So I have at least a decade of experience here. I don't know something I wanted to ask. I don't know if we don't think we've covered it yet. But what what's next? What's coming up? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. We did somewhat cover that. Remember, I'm going to work for a nonprofit organization. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah do, that's pretty uh, sweet, dude. I heard start that, too. doing hydroponics in schools. And uh, it's kind of, I don't know how much I can say that's about right. it. That's right. That was the uh, grown peaches that I got lost. I was doing something. Yeah. In yeah. fact, it, here's a fun part about it, too. Before when I had lived about five years ago, right? I, uh, my daughter went to an elementary school out here, Manch Elementary, and I actually helped with Green Our Planet do a orchard planting there as a volunteer and planted a bunch of, um, you know, there's actually quite a few fruit trees that if you irrigate can grow okay here in the high desert. So semi-high desert, this is like 2,000 feet. So it's not super high elevation, but it's not sea level either, you know? Um, and, uh, there's quite a few fruit trees and such. So I helped with the planning of that Arnie had a pretty good understanding of the company and what they do and that sort of thing. And I seen a job opening for a side company of theirs called hydro health that manages hydroponic 
facilities. And uh, from what they told me, I want to say they have specifically the hydro section of it. They have seven different schools and two casinos or something they work with. I don't want to misquote it, though, because this is just from one conversation with some of the corporate directors. But yeah, it's pretty interesting, though. I think it's going to be a fun opportunity, like we said earlier, to where I'm going to be able to use a multitude of my skills, both being able to uh, work to, you know, do basic education of horticulture as well as maintain hydroponics and then have uh, positive community involvement and engagement through my work. And uh, and like I said, they actually they pay uh, an adequate salary and with all benefits and all sorts of, you know, nice packages to it. So, so it's going to be so, a really fucking beneficial situation <laughs> for me, my family. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it, especially, honestly, especially due to the education and community involvement part of it. I just, I feel great. I'm going to be able to do something for a living that gives back. So that's kind of what I was going to ask. Um, I completely forgot. So let me take over. Do you think that, doing these type of hydro setups will lead you to do some hydro veggies at home. Oh, you did. <laughs> uh, possibly. I'm not necessarily against that. I, uh, my wife though, doesn't necessarily, my wife's the exact opposite of me. All right. I grew up in a rural town in Northern Michigan with a backyard garden and, you know, like to be outside all the time. My wife grew up in the city in California and has only lived in big cities until I brought her to Eastern Colorado. And then, uh, you know, and she, she likes to have all these amenities available at all times and doesn't really care to have plants in the house. And, you know, so in those respects, we're almost completely opposite. So, it's more likely that I'll uh, set up some sort of backyard garden and that sort of thing than I will hydroponics for veggies indoors, uh, just due to the fact that my wife won't want me to wasting any floor space or having the plants in the house. <laughs> you know how many times I've been cussed out for fungus gnats being in the house? Oh, like, I, I can't do that no more, man. That's going <laughs> to lead to bad situations, unfortunately. I, I'm just finishing up... Uh nft shelf here in my in my long room basically which we're doing for veggies so we're gonna awesome. do, do some micro or dwarf cherry tomatoes and strawberries and there was one other thing she got i don't remember yeah be fun something different so the question <clears throat> envy that i had i remembered and then typed it in the chat so i remember forever <laughs> <laughs> Any plans for educational or social media platform activity? Like continuing on with YouTube? Social, any kind oh, of with my... And I don't know, man. Honestly, it's one of those things that in the back of my mind, I always want to do and I never seem to do. Um, and a, a big part of it, honestly, and I, I know I've said this other places before, is I don't necessarily want to post to my main channel on YouTube because I seem to get picked on by YouTube ever since the adpocalypse some years ago. So you'll notice there's only like 10 videos after like four years ago or five years ago. And at one point they even deleted my channel and then re 
Brie gave it back and never gave me an explanation or anything. It was really I, I was going to ask that weird. earlier. I, so I'm surprised your channel survived as long. I mean, yeah. And then honestly, it still had limited monetization all the way up until January of last year. Wow. I don't know how. Well, just it was radar for money because it was hella shadow banned and limited age <laughs> and all that. But it was right. like, here's 20 bucks a month. You know, and I was like, <laughs> people are still watching that. No. <laughs> well, I, I got to shout out really, your Instagram real quick because uh, in these, you know, the most recent photos you oh, have yeah, posted about the hat out. Oh, there, yeah. That, <laughs> I love that it. That was dude. a couple months ago. I was walking around MJ BizCon. Um, shout out to uh, Horticulture Lighting Group. My buddy Steve over there gave me a pass through his company because I know you know one of the owners for HLG. So he gave me a pass from his company for me and my brother-in-law to get in there, and we were running around having a good time. So it was, and uh, I ended up wearing my Fergurley hat. That's that one I use actually as my pin hat. I need a new one from you though because it is getting pretty. It is. Well, are you uh, are you a large, extra large, or small, medium? Uh, I, I, I know this one's, Yeah, I want to say I'm a large. This one says a large XL, and it fits yeah. just a tiny bit loose, but it's also super old and worn out because you gave me this years ago. But see, I keep a bunch of hat pins on it, and right. I had a Pedro pin on it, and it fell out somewhere. It used to oh. be on this side. So I lost you, Pedro. You used to be right here. I think I got some more sitting around somewhere. Yeah, next time I see you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I have to get that figured out. Yeah, this one's getting a little dingy, but it's a good one. I still I like it. I, honestly, I still have a white for girly T-shirt too. I actually wear that like in rotation. It's in my closet. Nice. You know? <laughs> I love it, dude. I just yeah, I yeah. love to see it. So that's like an old school one too. That's like one of those first batches like, of, yeah, like, like uh, it might be a one of one some years. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny yeah. going back to knowing each other from a long ways back i mean yeah. when 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 was the growth like when did it start like 2015 <clears throat> or something like no i couldn't tell you exactly the date it started no it had to be more like 17 16 i just remember yeah, I just remember. Do I remember Doggo was was just went live one day in his garden, and I was sitting around. I don't know if I was smoking or whatnot. He asked me if I wanted to go live with him, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go live with you." So I went live with him and kind of just unfolded from there. <laughs> we like didn't have any plans for anything. It was like, "Yeah, let's go live." Do you remember his uh his shower video? <laughs> I don't know if I remember if, that. One. He had his sunglasses on, taking a yep. shower. Yeah. <laughs> the sunglass man, the sunglass man. We've been yeah. we've been working around. We'll see if we can figure out a way that we can bring the man back at for a yeah, minute. Who who ha let's see who see have we, we had on so far? I know. I mean, I, we had a lot of people through the years. Well, we got right we, um, we can we can tell people right. I mean, we got we got Ninja coming up here yeah oh man now that you mention it though we i gotta say it right now unfortunately rest in peace you won't be able to have sub cool on no we won't get subby on won't get subby on yeah um who else there'd be uh green jeans right yeah, and girl mouse mouse right 
Yeah, I'd love to get Mendo Dope on. They need to. They need to. <clears throat> not need to. We would love to have them create a uh, I, I intro to, uh, for the show. I on a need to. I need to uh, call Gromos. Actually, last time I seen him, we were both out in Tennessee, and he was running a facility out there. I think I don't think he's in Tennessee either. But I haven't talked to him in about a year either, and I really should give him a call, man. He's a great guy. So shout out to Gromos. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, so I'm looking at my own YouTube channel right now and I see a video from five years ago called grow tube is back season four Man. starts September 14th, 2018. Jeez. Keep scrolling. I see crazy Dago face melting hashtag grow tube season three is here. That was six years ago. Yeah. Well, and if anyone out. can find all those old archived videos, I think they go high times. Most of them, but I think they're on high times. Like, I looked on high times, I couldn't find them. I, I think oh, they're gone off high times now. They I, were I, there I, for a long time. I believed, yeah, the last one of good information on those videos, though. And those oh, that yeah, don't yeah. know what they're talking about, GrowTube was a panel. We'd have a panel of 10 panelists every day, a full panel, and we had. 12 to 15 of us that were regular panelists that would come on to talk everyone with various different specialties. And then we would have a topic and sit there and go through and, and discuss the topic from various different perspectives, all of it grow or cannabis related. And it was a spectacular show. It really was. It was, it was a, a wonderful podcast format, uh, multiple input style show. It really was. So can't say anything bad about being on that. We used to, on any given night, we'd get 500 to 1,000 concurrent viewers and fucking thousands and thousands of views each episode throughout the week. It was pretty yeah, We were uh, top 20 live player. streams when we went live. We were top 20 live streams on YouTube, like on yeah. the entirety of YouTube. We were the top 20 every time. It was insane. Yeah, dude, it was, it was pretty fun. We were crushing it. It was good times. It was good times. Some of us have kept kept rolling along. Keep pushing through the bullshit, the deletions. Yeah, it's been a lot of it. <laughs> the restrictions, the shadow yeah. banning, you know? Yeah. It's rough. So, you had to run over and hide on Twitch, huh? Uh, I hid on Twitch for a little while. Um, this is streaming to Twitch. I mean, I guess, yeah, I'm still on Twitch. This is streaming to Twitch. Awesome. And YouTube. I, 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 I stream and save them on both. Um, and to, unless they get flagged and believe it in or restricted my garden cam has been live for a long time on youtube with no ex age restriction of obviously but yeah I'm obviously okay with that you know yeah obvious age restrictions but but yeah i've been i've been streaming for a while i, I kind of didn't hide very much and then and then for whatever reason i just dropped off of the youtube and i kind of committed to instagram and I did Twitch for a long time, and I guess I just never kind of went back to YouTube. I mean, I, I stream these to YouTube, but I don't do anything, any exclusive content like I used so, to. Any exclusive content on OnlyFans? That, Is that yes. What what? Yes, but we don't talk about that here. You can watch his toes and his dabs. <laughs> it's really crazy seeing him hit that torch with his big toe bro and then he with his other <laughs> foot has the dab tool in his hand, or in his foot i don't know uh, now we know where all the only fan subscription money's coming from it's coming from for goalie <laughs> listen i just like to support my friends 
I just like to support my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So when are oh. you coming back to Michigan, man? You got any uh any plans to visit anytime soon? You know, I really need to, but uh I'm not sure to tell you the truth, man. Um I you know, those that know I grew up in Oscoda up in northern Michigan, and I still have some cousins and some family up that way, but uh unfortunately within the last year both of my grandmothers passed away and they were the last two of that generation and then my parents had moved down to florida um my sister and my brother don't live in michigan my sister's in florida my brother's in seattle so i don't know man i still have some of my best friends up there and i still have some cousins up there that i'm really close with but it's it's going to be rough. I'm not really sure when I'm going to make myself back to the mitten. So I, I understand, dude. Life, uh, you know, life takes you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it just scoops you up and takes you. And you've been, yeah. Uh, yeah, you've been jumping around. We've been watching, man. You've been jumping around doing your thing. Uh, I'd love to see it, especially this, uh, the new nonprofit thing. It's kind of cool to see that, like, just yeah, taking a skill set and transitioning it into so, something totally new, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, there's a, a lot of skills I have that are going to be useful for this, even outside of that, like all the hydroponics equipment stored in a warehouse, they don't have anyone taking care of it. And it, as professional jobs outside of horticulture, and when, when I was younger, I've worked in all sorts of warehouses and been forklift certified and ran different crown lift trucks and all sorts of different things. So give me some shitty warehouse. I'm (laughs) taking care of as a side note, you know, and on top of that, they also have a, another aspect of their company that helps make media for the nonprofit for their social medias and that sort of thing. And they said, uh, depending on what I'm doing at the schools, I could help out with some of the media input from that too, which ties into what I used to do professionally on YouTube with the MD plus channel and such. So, you know, even outside of the other things we talked about, it's still, it just, it's like, in fact, uh, I think uh, one of the directors said it best during one of the interviews or on the phone with her, she said, I have a unique or I have a unicorn set of skills and they happen to fit the niche that this company needs exactly. So damn, I was like, perfect. I I will be there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. How much are you paying? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the the pay's fairly adequate for the cost of living in this area, and definitely enough to keep me and my family happy. And full yeah, set of yeah. benefits and four hundred one k and all that too. So awesome. it is. It's it's a legit company. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> big boy now. Adult I, I always adult. Right. I always love the uh, production side of things. That's why you know, not that I'm really trained in it or anything but um certainly not professionally uh you know just producing content for youtube has always been enjoyable until they started making it not enjoyable you know but i i missed it so much it's like if this is all they're gonna let us do is podcasts you know whatever like i guess we'll continue to do that but um it'd be nice to be able to you know share the the plants and what's going on there and like the processes without just immediately having the hammer come down because that is pretty disheartening and it's like well fuck all the you know how many hours of work was that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just immediately Absolutely. gone 
big time trading. at least Dude. this is in real time you're getting the information immediately in your ears as we say it if you're not watching on twitch or somewhere else, or uh you know spotify or something after the fact Oh, man, there's a great comment here that was just put in the chat, and I think I want to read it out and possibly answer this one because it does tie into a lot of what we're talking about. Uh, Anthony Mendenhall here says, I admire each of y'all's knowledge and perspective very much. Any advice or sense of direction for someone who wants to gain that type of knowledge and experience you guys have? Well, Anthony, in my opinion and in my experience, it all starts with that self-want to find that knowledge. The fact that you're asking that question is the right question to ask. Think about it that way. Keep asking those questions because a lot of the knowledge I gained early on in horticulture had for me being curious as to the whys I'm doing certain things. I might have learned a path that helped me grow the plant, and then I started asking, why am I adding this? What does it do? And then I would go down that rabbit hole. One of my favorite examples of this rabbit hole is, say, Elf, uh, uh, Triacantanol, right? So back in the day, we got this product called Turpinator that had huge marketing. Everyone fucking seen it, right? And it, it was a pretty decent product. And uh, everyone figured it was full of Triacantanol, right, which is this uh, hormone-based product. And I didn't know what the fuck it was, so I said, started Google searching and researching. What the fuck is terpenator? What's the main ingredient in it? And then I got to tricontinol. So I started Google searching, what's tricontinol? And I found out it's a hormone can be naturally derived. And uh, long story short, through some other readings, there's anecdotal evidence that it may help increase trichome production as due to stress factors when added to plants that produce trichomes. So I that's pretty interesting. And I also then kept researching about it and realized triacantinol can is also naturally found within alfalfa and alfalfa meal. And then through researching that, researched into how many, many organic farmers introduce alfalfa meal either as a top dress or as a soil amendment, both for nitrogen increase and also many use it in flower, early flower specifically with cannabis because of that triacontinol release. So just me being curious in the fact of alfalfa meal and then using the modern tools we have of the internet and Google and all this basic research, it can lead you down these rabbit holes. I eventually got to the point where I started fucking buying papers from uh, um, Google Scholar and starting reading like white papers and that sort of thing. And on occasion, I would like email doctors at universities that were doing research studies just because I was kind of curious on what they were doing. And they would uh, like I got a, a one guy to email me back this really interesting study on soil bacteria that he was involved in in the Amazon. Really fucking cool. But uh, yeah, some nerdy shit. But that that's what it all started as. On top of that, do not discredit the power of formal education institutions as well. I also then later went back to school while I was in Colorado. I went to Front Range Community College and went to their horticulture program and uh, and increased my knowledge base and also was able to cement some of the knowledge I learned on my own. Now, I heard it from a formal location from people that have been peer reviewed from exact science books as I also learned it from over here. So it helps solidify the knowledge that I was gaining. So keep up with your self-research and find yourself a way to be formally educated in the topic you want. 
Hell yeah, man. I, I like it. I, my takeaway is uh, uh, stay curious, stay humble. And if you don't have good work ethic, you better get working on it. Hey, Envy Closet Magro, we appreciate you having uh, or joining us tonight. Uh, anything you want to plug before we go? Um, I guess I'll plug the new company we were talking about. It's called Green Our Planet. It is a nonprofit organization. It helps out with a lot of the schools out here in the Las Vegas area. If you guys want to Google search it up, maybe watch some of their promo videos on YouTube and or donate to their cause, definitely do that. Also, make sure you guys show Pedro for Girlie and Superior Buds some love on all of their media platforms. Make sure the show gets uh, spread around across the content network because they're talking to a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool things with this podcast and i'm more than blessed to be involved with it thank you guys pleasure awesome all to have you man. definitely appreciate you coming on brother definitely mm -hmm. appreciate you coming on and when you come on drew when you drive by make sure you make sure you let the brother know all righty guys uh if you're uh, not watching live on twitch x or youtube you can find us on spotify or anywhere after the show and uh pedro i thought you were gonna keep the sunglasses on why don't you take us out of here as for really bro i don't know if i can I'm, i mean i it that definitely makes it look better this way because i can't see shit. I mean, regardless <laughs> i can't i'm where's my keyboard at i've ate like a third of a bag of oreos and a third of the thing of donut holes Cheers, guys. bye guys <laughs>